Welcome to a Life of Freedom podcast, your source of inspiration and information on how and why you should choose to pursue your own happiness, pursue your passion, and design a life that fulfills you and makes it your own. And now here's your host, Ayesh LKZ. This is episode 12 of season 2. Today we are talking with Jared Lawrence, men's dating and lifestyle coach and the founder of Modern Flirting. Let's get to the show. Before we start, I would like to talk about WISE, formerly known as TransferWISE. Receive money directly to your account with zero fees wherever you are in the world, hold and convert money to over 40 currencies instantly in your account, and get a debit card to spend in any currency. All with low and transparent fees. Try it out from the affiliate link below with no additional cost to you. And now back to the podcast. Jared, so good to have you here. Can you like talk about uh, like who and what you do and how you got started? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, first off, thanks for having me here. I'm super yeah. excited to be talking with you. I've been looking forward to this all week. Uh, so I think the average person out there would call me a dating coach, right? Okay. You know, I help I help guys meet and attract women, get more dates, live the kind of life they never thought possible before. But it's honestly doing a little bit of a disjustice at this point because we've grown so much since the founding of Modern Flirting. The best definition I can think of what I am is a men's lifestyle coach. Because okay. what we do here is we help busy entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who want more to life than just making money. Obviously, making money is a part of it. And we even teach that. We have a business success within Modern Floating Group. But ultimately, our way of going about things is, yes, we teach men how to attract. We teach them how to meet women online, you know, online dating, how to cold approach them, how to build up their social circle. <clears throat> and, but ultimately, we teach them how to be attractive, growing their business, getting more fit, biohacking, you know, so they're feeling more alert, and ultimately becoming a, actually becoming a high status man. And that is something I really haven't seen anywhere else. A lot of the competition, a lot of other companies out there, they, um, they want to teach guys just some trickery, some routines, whatever. We actually want to build up a epic lifestyle that a lot of men just never thought possible before. So that's really what we do. And it's been my passion for the last 16 years now. Can you tell how you got started? Yeah, I mean, so kind of classic, you know, kind of like, like Hitch or, you know, classic kind of story. I mean, I was always the shortest kid in the class, the fattest kid in the class. I was always bullied growing up. I had like no friends. And I remember going to high school, being interested in girls and just being absolutely clueless, not knowing what I'm doing. I started dating this one girl, you know, just by sheer luck. You know, I, I had no game, <laughs> but I dated this one girl and made her my girlfriend, my first real girlfriend. And we dated for a year and a half and she didn't believe in premarital sex. So, of course, that means I don't believe in premarital sex because I'm doing anything for this girl. And we dated a year and a half, no sex. And then we, you know, we broke it off. And then two months later, she lost her virginity to some other guy who was like eight years older than her. And I was just devastated. And then come prom, you know, come high school, we have uh, this dance called prom. I find a date on MySpace. 
of girl who's never been to prom before. She comes with me, ignores me the whole night. And at the end of the prom, uh, she goes into the bathroom with another guy, Daniel. And I learned the next day at school that Daniel lost his virginity to my prom dates. And I'm just like, what is wrong? And, and these are just a few. So I have more. I mean, being rejected by a fraternity and Hayes, uh, being thrown out of my the first house party I went to. I mean, I have story after story like this. It's not like a one off. I was deeply depressed. I was on antidepressants. My password to my computer actually was life sucks. It was a daily affirmation I was making. And it just got to a point where it's like, look, you know, it doesn't matter how much money I make. It doesn't matter, you know, how prestigious I am or what degrees I have. This is a, a an incredibly, if not the most important aspect of life, feeling wanted, feeling desired, having connections, enjoying myself, being good with people, not just women. And so I started becoming obsessed with figuring out why people do what they do. It led me to majoring in psychology and getting my degrees in psychology and you know, eventually becoming a trained therapist. Yeah. So from the academic side, but more important, I had to go get out of the house and start approaching women and talking to anyone and everyone and getting rejected after rejection after rejection to figure out exactly what I was doing wrong. And in the beginning, you know, uh, the stuff I was coming up with, the stuff I was learning was very focused on just trying to pick up women. And it kind of, and, and that's a whole nother story. That put me like kind of a down a dark path. For three years, I was a self-proclaimed pickup artist. And actually in 2000 and 2008, I was named the best new pickup artist in the world uh, by this guy, Thundercats List, who like ranked all the greatest seducers in the world. And I was just like, wow, like this is getting insane right now coming from where I came from. But I realized I didn't like this. I didn't like being this douchey guy. I didn't like becoming a basically a sex addict, trying to just always get more women into bed. And so myself and a few other leaders in the industry at that time, you know, maybe like a handful of us, we, we saw a better way. And that was to create a social circle uh, or, you know, some people call it like their friend group where you start befriending women. You start befriending other cool guys, high status guys. And when I got into that, everything opened up. The quality of women I dated blew up. Um, my access to a lifestyle I never thought possible blew up. I was getting, I was getting the tables for free in clubs. I was going on yacht parties every other weekend. I was going to private mansion parties at the end of the night. I was, you know, I was a broke ass college kid or whatever, and I'm befriending these millionaires, you know, these seven figure business owners, and. All everyone else I saw around me who was just doing the traditional PUA stuff, the kind of things you see on YouTube all the time, they weren't hanging out with girls for all this self-proclaimed, you know, I'm amazing with women and whatnot. Even the experts, everybody I went out with, they couldn't even bring three girls to one of my parties. And so I'm like, all right, they're doing something clearly wrong. This is not the direction I want to go. I want women in my life. I want to be surrounded by them. I want access to like amazing epic shit. You know, even at my level right now, I'm a you know, seven-figure CEO. And my friends, the people I hang out with, the people who want to like meet up with me, they run eight-figure companies. And, and for those listening, eight figures, when you're an eight-figure CEO, that means you're making a million dollars a month. Just to put in perspective, and these are people who are friends of mine now and who, who I hang out with. So from the quality of women to the quality of men that started entering my life, it really became something out of a movie to go from where I, and, and to go from where I came from, being clueless, depressed, feeling alone, frustrated, to I don't even know like a Dan Bilzerian-esque 
you know, Playboy lifestyle, where then I also started having meaningful relationships. I, you know, I was in a seven-year marriage, an open relationship, but I was having these meaningful, deep relationships with women as well. To have that balance of being able to meet all these women, having these crazy party lifestyle in my 20s, I'm a little bit older now, it's not as alluring these days, but having that kind of lifestyle back then and being able to have these meaningful, incredible connections and, and relationships with women, I knew I was onto something and I had to pay it forward. And that's really what started Modern Flirting is the idea that I wanted to teach men what I knew, a better way than all the other PUA stuff that's out there. I wanted to train them and teach them in a way that's literally guaranteed that they succeed. Yeah. Like we, we streamlined the whole thing for, for our guys. And we've had some of the most insane results I've ever seen in just these last three years. I've been coaching for 16 years. I've been running Modern Flirting for the last three years. And in the last three years, you know, we've... We've been getting people married. We've had kids being born. We've had guys becoming local celebrities in their city. Really is phenomenal. And every single day, I share the wins from my guys on my social media. Yeah. So you talk about uh, when you started with uh, learning psychology and like how you turned your life around from uh, like being depressed after you know high school and that situation. So can you talk? What's your turning point then? What made me change was three key things. So there, there is no single turning point. I think that's a misconception. Okay. It's not one thing, it's everything. This is yeah. a game of small wins. It was kind of like learning this. It was kind of like being a starving man who was carrying around a bucket, trying to catch one drop of water at a time. There was yeah. no like, oh, here's the hose. Like that never happened for me. But I'll give you my, my success formula. These are the three things that I did and why I feel I got better when so many people around me, my wings, my friends who got into this, why they failed. And a lot do. Mo here's, here's a sad truth of this industry, by the way. Majority of men who set off for this, who try this, they fail. They do not get this on their own. They mess up. That's why we have uh, these like black pill movements, MGTOW movements, incels. We didn't have, when I started this, when, when this was new and just starting, we didn't have any MGTOWs or incels or anything like that. There, there became a giant community of guys who tried this and they couldn't hack it and they failed and they gave up. They literally gave up. It's, it's, it's astounding. But there is a reason I got better when others didn't. It's not because I'm sexier. I'm a big, you guys can't see me, but I'm a fat, big headed Jewish guy. It's not because I'm smarter than anybody else. Uh, a lot of things I'm a complete idiot on, <laughs> right? Like I'm not like next level genius or anything. I just naturally learned this the right way and did three simple things. So I'll explain what these three things are. And, and this doesn't go, this doesn't apply just for women, by the way, or learning this. This applies for anything, anything that you want to be successful at, whether it's business, fitness, whatever. Number one is you have to practice to the point of obsession. People talk about, you know, balance. People talk about, you know, everything and mediocrity. Fuck that. You need to be obsessed. There's a, there's a book I urge people to read from Grant Cardone that says, be obsessed or be average. I practice to the point of obsession. You could not keep me in the house, Saish. I was going out six nights a week. And the only reason I didn't go out seven nights a week was because even God needed one day of rest. I was, like, it was, I was having dreams about meeting women. I was constantly, I was getting antsy. If I was going out for dinner, I would see girls at another table and I would literally feel like this urge to approach. I would get antsy if I wasn't doing it. So for the first year, I was probably going out and practicing six nights a week uh, and during the days as well. And then the 
years two and years three, I was probably going out four nights a week. At this point in my life, I can go out one night a week. <laughs> I can literally streamline it. I have something which called a dating funnel where I've made it incredibly efficient, where I only need to go out one night a week and I'm constantly meeting new women and, and bringing them into my lifestyle. But in the beginning, you, it was nonstop. It was really an obsession. So that's number one. You have to practice one obsession. Number two, you have to experiment like a scientist. It's, it, it, is, it really astounded me where I was going out and approaching women and there would be guys in my group or in my masterminds and or friends of mine who would be approaching five times the amount of girls I'd approach. They would approach, they were a machine. They were approaching left and right. I couldn't even keep up with them and they never got better. People think that if you just practice, 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 you're going to get better, but no. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results, right? Yeah. So the way that, you know, practicing works hard and you need to do that, but experimenting works smart, right? If you're already working hard, now you got to work smarter. You need to track your data. You need to, every night you're going out and doing stuff, you need to write what's called an after action report. You need to think about what, was, what, did, what did you do right? What did you do wrong? What can you tweak? What can you test? Did that experiment work? You need to be a scientist. You need to experiment like a scientist. It's a scientific method. I would come up with a hypothesis of wondering, hey, I wonder if this uh, teasing thing works on women and I'm going to go experiment. So then you have to run the experiment. And I did it wrong and you know, got data saying women would call me an asshole. So I analyzed it and go, well, maybe I'm teasing too harshly. Maybe I have to tease a different way. And I reach a new conclusion. And then I would experiment teasing in a different way, right? Every single thing I know, every single thing I've done has come down to experimenting like a scientist and really painstakingly watching, looking at my data and figuring out what works and what doesn't. And I've been able to use that data by tracking my students' progress, seeing what works and what doesn't for them. And that's kind of a big part of the secret sauce is you were weeding out the things that don't work and we're figuring out the things that do. So at this point, you're working hard by practicing. You're working smart by experimenting. At the end of the day, though, then it comes down to working right, doing things just the right way. And that comes from having a mentor. That was the third final piece of my puzzle, which really changed everything for me. And by year three, I was able to get myself a mentor. And since then, I've had many mentors, I'm, I'm obsessed with it, uh, who have really taken me off to new levels. But through practice and experimentation, I got good, but I knew I wasn't where I wanted to be. I, got, I was good. I was going all the time doing it after three years or so, but I wasn't didn't have the life I wanted. And I, and I was really sad too, because I thought I hit the wall. I thought I got as good as possible and I'm just done. But then once I got a mentor being like, no, here's the right way of going about it. Here's how you do things. Everything changed. It clicked. And I had someone to run ideas off of. And he showed me the right way to do it. I didn't have to keep banging my head against the wall. And here's how I put it. Here, when people talk about working hard and smart or working right, imagine you want to leave your room right now, right? And you... So you decide to work hard, and that means you start throwing yourself against the wall to leave your room. You're not leaving the room. Let's say you want to work smart. So you take a chair and you start banging a chair against the wall because you're using tools, you're being smarter. You're still not leaving the room. If you want to leave your room and go to, the other, to another room, you have to do it the right way. And the only right way to do it is to open the door and walk through the door. That is the only correct way of going about it. And when you have a mentor, then you're going to learn the right way of doing things. Assuming he knows, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys can have the wrong mentor and that's a whole nother talk. That's all, like, you gotta be careful who you choose as your mentor because that's the direction you're gonna go. That's the kind of life you're gonna live and there's a lot of problems with that. But it really, when, I, when those three things happen, when I was practicing and the point of obsession, experimenting like a scientist and finding the right mentors in my life, and I still have mentors now to this day for 
my health, for business, for everything, you're, you, you see yourself start becoming that, like the 1% of men out there. Yeah. Like who is your mentor and like, how did you meet him and like how? I've had multiple mentors, you know, over the years. I mean, my most recent one, let's say um, this is, you know, this is Joe Kaplan. I'm going to give a shout out to him. He's my one I have now. You know, I paid for his program. I saw an ad online. I took a risk. I'm like, you know what? This guy, the way he explains things, what I saw, I took a risk. It was a really heavy investment. It was $10,000 investment. <laughs> so it was a lot of money. But I knew that doing this on my own, growing monofilling on my own was just not the way. I've seen it in the past. And I decided to invest in him. I've had other business mentors in the past too. And it was probably one of the greatest decisions of my life because all of a sudden I'm part of a community. I'm part of other like-minded men. I have you know, guys who've been where I've been, who know exactly what to do in terms of making an incredible coaching program. And a lot of my coaching program, I modeled after his because I saw how effective it was. You know, he was, he, he's making guys into seven-figure companies left and right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use the same technique, same methodologies to get my guys living epic, you know, incredible lifestyles left and right. And also finding their dream girls left and right. You know, to yeah. date, me and my, me and the coaches here, we have an all-star cast here. I mean, we have Cosmo from the VX1 show, the pickup artist. We have in modern, as a coach, we have Jay McDaniel who throws some of the largest Instagram influencer parties in LA. We got Jamie, who's the most respected and viewed female dating coach on TikTok. Dale, who's has 15 years of experience coaching and he's been in a 20 year open marriage right now. So he talks about relationship advice between all of us and not to mention the other coach, we have other coaches too. I'm just, I just want to save time, but between all of us, you know, we're responsible for over 180 marriages. And those are just the ones that I know of tomorrow. I'm actually going on a cruise uh, to attend the wedding of another one of my former students. So we really, you know, by, by having the right people behind you and the right kind of guidance, I think, I think guys would be incredible would be so surprised and amazed at what they're truly capable of and what their potential is. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that you need, you need to always need to level up, so you need to find uh, people who are about you. So who was your, like, the first mentor, like, you know, for dating? It's hard to say. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I give... I guess the hands-on mentor, but it, it wasn't really hands-on because we kept traveling around, but I guess there was Adam back in the day, Sin, was, you know, I learned an incredible amount from him. I'll give shout outs to like, you know, for dating Chinese Saporno, Hypnotica, who else? Robbie wasn't so much a mentor, but Robbie and I always exchanged notes. You know, he was, we were kind of learning at the same time and he was blowing up and, put, you know, motivating me to push me. There's a lot of, there's a lot of great guys out there. There's a lot of awful guys out there that should definitely be avoided, but there are, there are some good ones who are doing this right. The problem is in this industry, the guys who are the best at marketing, the guys who are the best at, at being seen and being heard are usually the worst at coaching and getting their students results. The yeah. sad fact is the guys who are the best with women and, or the best at this kind of lifestyle uh, or, and who are the worst at marketing, the guys who don't have a brain for it, myself included. I'm so thankful I've built a team around me who are doing this for me because I'm bad at that stuff. Like, minute. The guys who are really good at this, like really good coaches, they're usually the ones that are not seen. They're the ones that are not like all over YouTube. They're not the ones that aren't the most visible. And it's a shame, honestly. Yeah. How, how do you like, you know, find a good mentor? Like, you know, how can someone differentiate like, you know, this good advice or bad advice? 
few, uh, that's a great question, honestly. So a few factors. Number one, here's what you don't want to do. You don't want to just go by the fact that, oh, look, this guy's screwing around with women or, I mean, obviously he has to know what he's doing. You have to like see, okay, this guy's stuff makes sense or whatever, but anybody can just post videos. I saw one guy post a video of him just having sex with a girl and being like, see, you should pick me because I'm having sex. It was really just awful to watch. And it's sad that that works, but you want to be careful of these like fuckboy mentors or these guys who really have no experience. So, so here's, here's what you should look for when you're choosing a mentor. Number one is experience. All right. How many years have they been going about this? They've been doing this for a year or two. That tells you nothing. It means they're just a newcomer. They don't really have the experience. You want someone who's been doing this for like over a decade. Okay. You want someone who's been doing this for over 10 years because that means they're not going anywhere. It's tried and true. They are behind it. Okay. That's number one. Number two is, you know, testimonials. You should be, if you're looking at a mentor, you should be watching testimony after testimony, as many as you can find on, on the guy, because anybody can write stuff on a website. Anybody can talk well of themselves. But when you can see enough testimonials on a guy and each one speaks to you, then you know you're on the right track because you're, you're seeing undeniable proof that this guy has helped other people. Uh, number three, do they care? That's a big one because you could be a coach who's incredibly successful at, at business or incredibly successful with women or whatever. And, but they're just in it for the money. They don't actually care about the student. They're not actually going to go out of their way to ensure that their students succeed. So like looking at their messaging, having conversations with the mentor, right? Like do our, you know, the difference between a mentor and a coach is a mentor is someone who's emotionally invested in their student's success. A coach is just someone who wants to just yell at their student and be like, do this and then don't bother me. And if you want more than whatever, like you want someone who's going to go to bat for you, you want someone who's going to go out of their way for you. I would also say when you're choosing a mentor, like look at the advice they give out, look at like read their book or, or look at the free stuff they talk about, test it. Does it resonate with you? Does their message speak to you? Uh, does the things that they're explaining and telling you, does it even at a, at the, on the free level, does it seem to be working? Does it seem to be helping? If it does, chances are, you know, if that's free and it's working already, like, you know, imagine what the, the paid part's going to do for you. So there's a lot of factors, but ultimately what you need to know is, are they good at their craft? Do they have the experience? You know, have they been featured on publicized works before? Do they have, do they have experience? Like, are they hone their craft? Do they care about their students? Do they actually want to see you succeed? And do they have a proven track record of success? That's what you're looking for. And their messaging. It needs to be something like, yes, I want to become like this person. Okay, yeah. So uh, you talk about uh, like the social circle. Uh, can you uh, elaborate on that? So if someone is uh, like new to dating and how would someone go about it? Yeah, I mean, your social circle is the people you surround yourself with, right? So you know, yeah. people have heard that uh, adage, uh, your net work, your net worth is your network. Your status, your, your worth, your, I won't say your worth, but like your status, your, your um, lifestyle is based on who are you surrounding yourself with? Are you somebody who just has one or two friends and all you do is play video games? Or are you the kind of guy that whenever you go out, you run into people you know, you are friends with not just men, but women as well. You have a thriving group of friends and you're connected. 
when you go up to the club or whatever, the bouncer waves you in. When you go to a business event, a networking event, you're the guy that everybody wants to know because you're friends with the key players or you're a key player yourself. That idea of social circle is realizing we can leverage our social connections and tremendously take off. I was I just spent an entire week with a with a bona fide like 10. I don't even know what to call her. Like she's a pure 10. She's gorgeous. Uh, and I spent all week with her and got to really like pick her brain and interview her and why she was out with me and all this other stuff. And she would never let a guy cold approach her. Never. She was like, she doesn't remember the last time any guys got with her from a cold approach. It's always through their friends because really quality women understand that in order to get with her, you have to pass a test of being somebody who's, you know, has that kind of worth in her circle. Any random guy can go up and talk to a random girl. It means nothing about you. To get into her circle, to get into that kind of place where you're friends with all the key players and you know everybody, that means a lot more about you. That says a lot more about you. That shows you are truly a high status, high value man. Anybody can just call themselves a high value man. Anybody can just be like, I am the man. I am amazing, right? Prove it, right? And it's not just money. There's a lot of rich guys who have no status, sadly. There are a lot of rich guys who just work all the time. They don't have no life. They just grind, grind, grind. And then they maybe one day a week, they throw a lot of money. They spend thousands of dollars on a table trying to look cool and just sit there doing nothing and they have no fun. Like when you have a thriving social circle, opportunities open up, business opportunities open up, dating opportunities open up, a much more fun, active, fulfilling life opens up because at our core, we are social creatures and we're meant to be around people. And that I think is the is the highest level of of all of this. It's not just going out trying to get laid nonstop. I think that's a really awful identity, the whole pickup artist identity. I think that gets old real fast. I think it's like a drug, it's like gambling, it's like any kind of addiction of just needing another validation high. I think the true fulfillment comes from knowing you are a local celebrity in your city. You are the kind of guy that has a true abundance of women around him. You always have women around you. You are the kind of guy that has really cool, connected, high status, awesome men, you know, wanting to be friends with you. And these, and, and these, it's not just superficial relationships. Like I'm actually like deeply friends with these guys. Joe Kaplan, even my, my, my mentor, like I was just in Costa Rica with him, you know, at the at this event. And he's like, bro, I really consider you like a good friend of mine. And I'm like, me too, dude. Like, like, like it's sounds cheesy, but like, you know, we broke out and this is a guy who makes $1.4 million a month. And I'm over here like, who the hell am I? You know, but it's everybody should focus on this area of life. Everybody should grow their, their social worth, their social network, their social circle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Because I'm going to tell you straight up, like real talk. When you're on your deathbed, when you're getting old and, and, and in your golden years and, and thinking back on your life, you're not going to wish you worked more. You're not going to be upset or have regrets about the superficial dumb things. What you're going to want or what you're going to regret, hopefully you don't regret it, but what's going to be there is, did I, have, did I have a fun life? Was I really enjoying it to the max? Did I have meaningful connections with people? Was I falling in love and 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 meet and and having these amazing romantic and 
sexual encounters? Did I live a really thriving, active life? And usually that means relationships with other people. Usually that means socially. It doesn't mean, I don't care how rich you get, you're not taking that with you to the afterlife. What you will have at the end of your days, hopefully, if you do this correctly, is fond memories of living an amazing lifestyle. And that's what I help guys with. So uh, what would we say, like, if you, like, you're not social right now, if someone is not social much right now and have only have your friends, like, what kind of tips that they can do to Number one is get out of the house. I mean, it's kind of what I said, like, like practice, experiment, get a mentor. I mean, but ultimately, if you're not really social, stop. What number one, stop taking on that identity. Stop calling yourself not social. Stop. Do, you know, a lot of guys are like, I'm an introvert. So I'm like, stop calling yourself an introvert. Say you're an ambivert. You know, you can do both. I have two coaches, Dong and Nicholas in my company who are both introverts and they're both incredibly good with women, you know, an Asian guy and an Indian guy. And they're very good and they're introverts. We have different styles, but whatever. So stop taking on the identity of not being social. Then get out of the house and start talking to anyone and everyone. And be okay messing up, be okay failing, be okay being awkward or weird or whatever. And really start practicing this. And then as you do it, get help. Ask somebody for help. And then, ha- and then like have your mentor, have, whether it's me or somebody else, have someone like tracking what you're doing, giving you the tools and an assignment to like, here's how to do it correctly so that you can know what you're out practicing versus just ha- being clueless and frustrated and lonely and not knowing what's right and what's wrong. But in, in a nutshell, everything I just said right there means action. Just take action. Like stop putting this off stop, and stop the excuses. Stop saying you're too busy. Stop saying, oh, well, you know, my you know, work is a priority right now. Work is always a fucking priority. Like, what are you talking about? You're going to be working till the day you retire. So if that's really what's stopping you is, is working or whatever, then it's a death sentence. It means you're not going to ever give a shit about this until you're 60 years old, right? Like, come on, make it a priority. Make living a, a life that you can be proud of and enjoy a priority. Not saying work isn't. It's just, there's so many stupid excuses. I'm too busy. I don't have the time. Do a time audit. How much time? You don't have the time? There's a Gary Vee thing where he's like, I'm going to track everything you do on social media. And the moment you go to a sports game, the moment you, uh, you know, go chill on the beach or something. Oh, what happened to not having time, motherfucker? I thought you don't have time, right? (laughs) So it's not that people don't have the time. It's not that people are too busy. It's not that, you know, the only priority is work right now. It's that there's... They're, they're scared. It's unfamiliar. They, they don't have a proven system. Get the help. Make it a priority now. Stop, stop waiting and just take action and see what you're really capable of. You will be happier. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. You will live a happier lifestyle. It was really sad, actually. A little bit on a tangent. Yesterday, I was on a call and I brought a guy into my program who's 60 years old. And everything he's saying is the stuff I'm trying to prevent from other guys. He's like, I'm 60. My entire life, I prioritized my work and my business. And I never put much effort or thought into my dating, into this. And now I'm getting older and I'm worried about dying alone and even taking care of myself at my old age. And I really just, I need to make this a priority now because you know I'm 60 years old. And I'm like, and it was breaking my heart. I'm like, look, we're going to do everything we can for you because you know I'm not going to give up. I mean, that's, you know, it's very hard to learn this at 60, but we're going to do what we can. 
But everything you just said, like, imagine if I was able to get this guy 20 years ago when he was in his 40s or, or more in his 30s or whatever. Like, it doesn't have to get that bad. But he, he was walking proof. It was a live example of what happens when you keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, getting older, losing the energy. It, it, it doesn't go away. It's always a priority. And I'm just like, wow, you are like the poster child of everything I'm, I'm preaching to these younger guys. Yeah. So uh, you talk about uh, like being high status. So that's what you like to coaches. How would you define a high status? High status, I define not by monetary or the money to help it, but high status means highly desired. It means women want to fuck you and date you and men want to be you and they want to be around you. A high status man is someone who people want to roll the red carpet out for. It's, it's the kind of guy who has his life dialed in. You know, he is the, desirable is the way I would, I would really describe it. Uh, because when you're high status, it means you're living a life that other people are jealous of that they want to have. Like I just spent a week in Costa Rica with a, with this gorgeous 10. And then, you know, I got back and I, I, what would I do? Uh, last night was, was sorry. You know, I, I, I get back and I took another gorgeous blonde girl out last night and we had two tables at a bar. I didn't pay for the two tables. It was all free for me. Uh, where I'm enjoying with her and I took her back to my place and I was surrounded by real friends of mine. We were, we were partying right next to the DJ. Uh, I had women around me. I had really cool men around me. All the men around me were, were multimillionaires. Like it's a, it's a lifestyle that most people just don't understand or, or, or don't get. It means a high status man means you have opportunities, right? You know how it takes, you know, that there's like a saying, like it takes money to make money or whatever. Really what it comes down to is it, if you are of a certain caliber, other men of a certain caliber and women want to have you in their network and open up opportunities. There's also that saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Fact. Facts. A high status man knows everyone. He's the kind of guy, he walks into a room and he can say hi to everybody. Everybody knows him. He's, you know, he's, people are turning heads and it's not a movie. It's not a fantasy. It's not that some guys have it, some guys don't. Some guys are just born into that. I mean, some are, don't get me wrong. Uh, but that wasn't the case for me. I was a loser the entire first half of my life, a complete, utter loser. And I decided I was going to do something about it. And in my 20s, I spent my entire 20s dedicated to becoming incredibly good with women. And I did it. I dated some of the most gorgeous women around. I got into some of the most elite social circles around um being a guy who can take over an entire city anywhere i travel and go to and, I, and i'm not saying this to impress you guys i'm saying this to impress upon you it's possible you know it's doable you it's it's yours if you want it but i think people have a barrier they have a limited belief for barrier success in my 20s i, I it, it was something out of a movie my entire 20s was like living in a movie i was broke don't get me wrong <laughs> I didn't have money, but I had social currency. I was getting free flights all around the world. I was getting to going to tables in, in Las Vegas nightclubs, the most, the most incredible and high-end nightclubs in the world. I was getting in there for free and getting tables for free. I was having the red carpet rolled out for me wherever I went. And in my 30s, I decided to go to the next level. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use my knowledge. I'm going to use my people skills, and I'm going to 
start a business. I'm going to start teaching this the right way. Because before I used to work for all these other companies, but as of three years ago, you know, now with my thirties, I decided to really teach this the right way and help as many guys as I can. And the proof is in the pudding. I mean, we have, you know, we're always adding more to the modern fluting family. In those three years, I went from having $5,000 to my name and and $30,000 in debt, which basically meaning a homeless guy on the street was worth more than me. (laughs) And I went from that to now running a seven figure company. Like it just, and I'm I'm using the same methodology. I, I put everything I can into this company. I practiced a point of obsession where I was always being there for my students. I experimented, tweaked, tested everything. The best way to coach, the best way to get what's in my head into my students' brain, uh, the best way to to reach out to guys. Because again, I'm you know the best coaches are the worst marketers, and the best marketers are the worst coaches. So I had to like learn a lot of stuff, and I got mentors like Joel, like Sergio, like Stephen De La Cruz. Shout out to a lot of these guys um, to really help me along the way. Everything I'm teaching my students, I I, I practice what I preach. Yeah. So I think it's uh, great that you've been doing all of this. So, so there's a concept you talk about. I hear it in the other podcast. So, like about the platonic sound and the friend sound, like with women. So, how do you differentiate yeah. that? Join with us for the next episode to hear the rest of the interview. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for listening to our conversation. Don't forget to sign up to ICE if you need to send or receive money from abroad. Please leave a review and subscribe to the show. See you next time.